Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My next interview is with Sarah Taxler. We talk about her new film, Tickling Giants. We talk about, again, we talk a little bit about everything. We talk about community and about comedy and about politics. We talk about how jokes and comedy don't really change the world or change anything really, but they become, you know, uh, pebbles in the pond, uh, the the fly in the ointment, if you will. We talk about how uh, how comedy or jokes are, you know, kind of an easier delivery system for calling out hypocrisy. Sarah talks about how change is slow, but you know, ultimately we do move forward. We talk about political satire and fear and oppression and leadership and democracy, all within the context of her new film, Tickling Giants. It's a great film. You're going to love the movie. It's funny. It's compelling. It's insightful. It's, I mean, how often can you say that you just watched a fun film about oppression? Uh, we talk a little bit about outrage. We talk about hope. We talk, and we talk about balancing, you know, how do, how do, how do you balance the two? How do you, how do you actually, uh, how do you make change in, in this world? Uh, and, and how do you make a difference? So stay tuned. Um, the film will be uh, live and on iTunes on June the 6th, coming right up. And on the 13th in Ju- of June, it'll be available uh, VOD, DVD, and Blu-ray as well. Ticklingiants.com is the website. Uh, interviews coming right up with Sarah Taxler momentarily. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my podcasting, my uh, writing and my speaking. You can also support Face to Face through uh, patreon.com there. And don't forget rabble.ca where there's a whole other uh, list of uh, podcasters and, 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 and some of my material uh, and interviews are there as well. Uh, Sarah Taxler coming right up, tickling giants here on Face to Face. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today, a filmmaker, a producer, a writer, I'm imagining. And uh, um, uh, Sarah Taxler is with us today to talk about her new film, Tickling Giants. Sarah, thanks Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm happy to, to do the interview. All the way from New York City. 
Yes, um, the the other galaxy from Toronto, far, far away. No, That's, not not so far. Not so far away. Yeah, certainly the same time zone. I'm, it's disappointing that we're <laughs> not actually having the interview face-to-face, but you know what? Dig- digital's not so bad. Yeah, that modern technology uh, has actually been my friend quite a bit with this movie, so I, I'm thankful for what we've got. Uh, that's well. Thank, thanks for your time. I really do appreciate it. So, so, so much to talk about. I mean, the film is. First of all, congratulations. I mean, love, love the film. Uh, can can I say that I enjoyed a film about oppression? Is is that allowed? Yeah, I mean, you're <laughs> obviously a bad person, but you can say it. That's say it, right. please do. Yeah. I, my soul is black and tarnished. Yes, it's <laughs> it's fun. It's a fun movie. It's it's interesting. It's compelling. It's it's funny, um, and yet so damn insightful. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, we, um, I mean, a big goal with the film was, um, I feel like when people hear the word documentary, it's like really scary. And people are like, I <laughs> That's like movies, right. but I don't yes. like documentaries. And so, like, I, I wanted to make a movie where even if it, uh, were scripted, it would, it, it, the story would be good, good characters, good beginning, middle, and end, all that kind of movie stuff. Um, and because it's about a comedy show, it's kind of inherently funny and building off of that in the way that we tried to edit and just some choices with graphics and different things. We wanted to really build on that and make it a funny movie that's about a serious subject. So you were up here in Toronto for the Human Rights Watch Film Festival at uh, at the Lightbox at TIFF and uh, been at other festivals. What's what's I mean, the reviews are from what I've seen online are stellar. What What's the response been face to face, people live, questions, et cetera? It's been incredible. I've been very pleased and I you know you don't know what the reaction's going to be and and different types of audiences like international um outside of North America, people who are of Middle Eastern descent, westerners. So we've had a really mixed viewing population and um I I'm thrilled with how it's been going so far. We've had great questions um People, the the kind of two things that helped me in the editing process were I was asked, um, "What do you want people to feel right. when they leave the movie?" And um, and so basically, like you know, I I wanted people to feel kind of outraged by what's going on, but I also wanted people to have hope hmm. and. Um, and that seems to be the reaction we're getting, which I'm really happy about. That, like, what's going on is outrageous, and the examples people in the audience point to in their own lives or other places around the world are upsetting, but, like, what are you going to do about it? And for me, Tickling Giants isn't just Boston and his story. It's, like, in your own life, how are you tickling giants when you see an abusive power. So, so how, do you, how, do you, good and, yeah. how do you think you balance that? I mean, that's that's tough to do, you know, to have an audience feeling outrage and kind of how, how is this possibly happening in the world today kind of thing on one level and yet, you know, hopeful and, 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 and kind of smiling at the same time. You know, I, I often describe myself as a hopeful, hopeful cynic. You know, you get that dose of reality with hopefully this idea that, oh, yeah, I can change the world. It is about the splash and ripple effect, you know. But, but yeah, how did you dance between the two? Was it the subject matter, do you think? Or was it, it the, um, I mean, you, you clearly created matter, a great community. There was a real community sense in the film, which I loved. There was. And I think, like, one important thing is in any movement or situation, if it's all relying on one person, 
mm. no matter how great that person is, there's no circumstance I think where that couldn't fail. You know, it has to be about a community to continue. And so, like, even places where Basimusa's story maybe isn't going the way you want it to, you see that there's there's a torch being passed on mm. to other people, mm-hmm. and there are other people who have enjoyed having comedy in their lives and enjoy the focus on free speech and want that to continue. And that's greater than any individual. So like when the movie ends, not giving anything away, he's a public figure with a public story. He can't do the show the way he wants to be doing the show in the country. He wants to be on the air, but there are other people to, to carry things and to try and continue. And, and it's not there yet, but hmm. Bassam also says, you know, it's, a revolution isn't an event; it's a process. It's a process. And well, I love the we're in the process. I love the line: uh, "Is it?" And I think it's the direct quote: "People can look back and and say it's possible." That's right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which is you, which, like which if is you beautiful. know something happens, yeah, and you know it's achievable, even if you don't have it right this minute. So when you went in, did you know and started to learn and research and and meet and and get a sense for what the heck was going on? Was it always for you about more than the comedy? I mean, you're a comedy producer. You've worked with some pretty big names along the way. Um, is yeah? Was this just uh, going to be a, a, a not? We won't use the word documentary. I promise. A film, <laughs> a film about a comedian, or did you know this? This uh, you had know, to be so I have much to bigger. Say, that was a really difficult balance for huh. me during the course of the years we were working on it. When I met Basim, he wasn't this superstar yet right. he had a show that was doing well on YouTube and had you know, gotten a TV deal was going to do this live show but neither of us knew that he was going to become this superstar um, so yeah my first initial thing was wow how interesting a heart surgeon's doing a comedy show <laughs> that's a, so interesting that's a pretty so good I, story in itself right it's a good story yeah. right yeah. exactly and so then the fact I, I always thought that the Daily Show could be an interesting setting for a documentary, like following politics through a satire show. Sure. And I was like, oh, here's this same story, but with very, very high stakes. And so I was drawn to that initially. And then as the story became much more complex and as the stakes got dramatically higher, um, I wasn't quite sure where the comedy fit. And originally it was kind of more of a straight comedy in my mind. Right. And then as the story developed, it was clear that that was a real disservice to the story mm. and not also focus on the drama of it. And so I think I had to kind of let go of that idea that this is just funny and silly and interesting and then like delve into the deeper parts of it for it to be successful. So that was kind of the, the process with that. There's something about Yusuf. There's a, there's, I don't know if it's his eyes or what it is. I mean, really good looking guy, really, you know, just is, has, has a presence, right? But, but there's something, um, you can, he, he's taking it very seriously, but you just, you're just waiting for the joke. <laughs> right? That's sort <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, you know, well, I mean, that's like some people's personalities, yeah, right? That, yeah. You know, whatever the situation is, somebody lightens the tension by making a joke, and Bassem's one of those people. And part of why, his friend suggested that they make a YouTube show in the first place was he just referred to Boston as like a really great dinner party guest right. the kind of person right. who in any conversation is going to add something fun and interesting and well thought out. And so he kind of has one of those personalities. And for him, the way to deliver that is 
through jokes usually. He's, I think it was him who said it's hard to control people when you when when you're laughing at authority. I, I, it might not have yeah, been. Yeah, I mean that. I I don't remember the exact line on that, but that concept. Yeah, I think is definitely true. That like it kind of disarms people, both like the people who are maybe the subject of the joke, but also just the people who are laughing. Like you gain a little strength if you're able to laugh at something versus it just controlling you. So do you think then, so, so having been a comedy producer for, for so long and working in sort of this world and, and living in the U S are, are people not laughing enough currently? Hmm. I think, um, you know, people, <laughs> I can't, I, I've been a part of like different debates with friends about this, like is yeah. comedy dead and all these things. Right. I, I definitely don't think comedy is dead in any way, but I do think I hope not. the more absurd life is, the harder it is for anything to be funny. Cause mm. kind of two reasons, like the more absurd the truth is, what are you going to heighten that with? Right. And then also, do you even know what, which thing is a joke? Cause the things that are true are really insane. So it's harder to know if something is a joke or not. Like, wait, that last thing that you said was not a joke and it was crazy, but this thing is a joke and it's crazy. It's a little harder to right, kind the of whole... tell. But I think, no, I mean, I would guess <laughs> there's a lot of people around the world in this depression uh, and there's a lot of sad things going on that make it harder to laugh and more needed so he's been referred to as the Egyptian John Stewart and um you know I know I know what comedy the role comedy's played in my life whether it's written or when it's delivered really well it can, it can be incisive it can be it it penetrates you know it peels back those layers it's it's like a great film or a great piece of art or or or, or a remarkable conversation um I mean do you do you do you still believe that do you still have that sense of hope I mean it sure seems to come out in your film and it certainly seems to me that Yosef and his whole team seem to have this really hopeful sort of approach to satire that, uh, wow, we really can change the world. I don't think that uh, jokes on their own change anything, but I think that it's a good way to introduce people to subjects mm. that they may care about. Mm. I think um, there's like a, a saying that I heard growing up that was like, Prayer doesn't change things. Prayer changes people. People change things. And I think right. the same kind of thing would apply to comedy. Um, me laughing at a joke doesn't really substantially change anything. I have to care about that subject, learn about that subject, do something about it, vote, whatever the action might be. Um, but I do think comedy is a really palatable way to get new information. And it's kind of an easier delivery system right. for hypocrisy than right. some other things. Right. So like if, if if I tell you that someone's a hypocrite, you may just disagree with me. You may think I haven't checked my sources. But if I can make a joke about it and show you two clips of that person saying fundamentally different things, then when you laugh at it, it kind of just makes it easier to go down for some reason. Um, and I think for Boston, that was part of how he got some of his audience. Like, there were a lot mm. of people who were just fans of certain politicians, and then he showed them that the people were not doing what they said they were doing, and, and it it kind of stuck in a different way. Mm. And, like, for me, the hopefulness, um, this was a big debate in our edit, whether the story should be hopeful or not. Hmm. Because you don't want it to be so hopeful that, 
people are like, okay, things are good. Great. Fine. Yeah. You know? I can wash my hands. I, I can walk about away. my day. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think, especially in documentary films, there are a lot of films where you're just like, wow, the world is over everything is awful you know and it, and that can be paralyzing too like you get you get a so free set of razor blades i can't do anything right yeah with, with, with your with your order of popcorn i'll have a large and two <laughs> razor blades please yeah yeah so i think like both probably ultimately have the same effect when there's too much negativity why do anything and if if everything's hunky dory why do anything so for me i i don't know like i do believe change happens one person at a time right i think change is very slow but mm-hmm. typically we move forward with like sometimes big steps back but we move forward and tickling giants definitely takes on that point of view like boston said something that like uh every revolution throughout history has taken decades like right why yep. should why should the world make an exception for egypt and i think kind of with every sucky thing around the world, you could look at it that way, that like there, there's so much progress made on a lot of social issues. And there are a lot of things that really, really, really suck still. So, you know, you, you choose which ones you want to look at and you have to look at both because that's the truth. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think little changes that are, good should be celebrated yeah sure sure there's a there's a great there's a great line in the film and i think it was just uh he said um uh, there's there's no excuse for violence stop believing what you see on tv and it was this whole it seemed like that was almost like a turning point for him when he was trying to decide whether he's going to go on to you know live a life as a surgeon which is hilarious to me you've got this surgeon doing what appears to be incredibly important work to go into comedy you know, I don't know. I think a lot of us would say being a doctor is not that important. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I can't imagine making that choice. But I think yeah. uh, you're right. Like that is really the exact moment. So he went and he's go- walking around these protests and seeing for himself yep. that there's people who are just going out there because they care about something. And on TV, they're talking about these paid protesters. They don't even care about these issues. Um, someone who has an agenda is sending them and he's like wait that's not what's actually happening i've seen it with my own eyes and the media is representing what the government wants people to hear but i don't think that's the truth and that really motivated him not just to be critical of the government but to be critical of the media because the media was just kind of another arm of the government and presenting what they thought people should know or hear um so i think there's you know there's obviously a lot of examples now in the Western world where, where I think people are starting to think about those things. And it's kind of interesting because we weren't in the edit that long ago and we we're like, oh, those concepts are really complicated to understand if you've never heard. <laughs> like, who could imagine suggesting there's a paid protester or right, things like that that right. just seem so foreign and now in, in not a very long period of time. Those are things you hear about all the time here, too. Well, it's a, it, it is a different paraphrase on alternative facts, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, you know, it's, Bossom was like, this is fake news. That's right. <laughs> um, and, and saying that the, the news in some cases was very selective and in other cases just had an agenda that they were presenting that 
wasn't what he was seeing with his own eyes. So Blossom also said, you know, that this is for me or for for us really about holding authority accountable. I mean, this film is about so much, Sarah. I, I love it. It's a it's it's a it's a funny film. It's it's a docu. Sorry, it's a documentary. Um, <laughs> but it's about fear. It's about oppression and leadership and democracy and 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 revolution and about you know freedom and choice and responsive. I mean, it's about all those things. But he says he kind of brings it to, down to, reduces it to this, we got to hold authority accountable. D- yep. Do you think, yeah, I, do you think comedians are doing that in the U.S., in Canada, in the West, in Europe? Is, is that kind of comedy's job to some degree? Well, uh, yes and no. I mean, for me, I think um, that's a wonderful thing that can come out of good satire. Right. That you can... And I mean, there's so many late night hosts right now who I think are doing that and doing great jobs at doing that. Um, I don't think a comedian necessarily has an obligation to do that. I think their only obligation is to be funny. Um, But I think like a political satirist, yeah, that's what you should be doing. Like you shouldn't be doing softballs and rainbows and easy stuff. Like if if you're really trying to do political satire, then yeah, your whole job is to hold authority accountable no matter who's in charge and you're not picking a team you're just looking out for hypocrisy or abuses of power and and making sure that there's sunshine shed on this right um is it and deal is he the is he one of the uh fans of the show that you yeah right yeah he's a writer on the show he's a writer on the show thank you yeah, he's got a he's got a beautiful line in the film. He really does, and I can't remember what what he was talking about, but it just hit me. You know, or we had a little bit of a conversation around hope earlier, and it sounds like you guys struggled with that and while filming and in the edit and so on. But he said this this is to be the quote is this is the beginning of our future. Hmm, and right. I don't know. That it just it's so great. I mean, it, it, wow, wouldn't that be wonderful? Sorry for going all idealistic on you here, but <laughs> wouldn't it be great if that's kind of how we got out of bed in the morning? You know, yeah, today, I, today's I think the it's, beginning you know, of, there's sort of that you know, line that people say sometimes, like, this is the first day of the rest that's of That's right, life. that's right. Yeah, I can't I remember mean, the movie. That's, yeah, yeah. You know, but um, I think for him, it, the, he was talking about the start of the revolution yes. and the hopefulness that surrounds it, where it was sort of like, there's everything before this, and now there's this. And now there's this. Um, and, you know, Andil was only in his 20s when the revolution began, and... Um, he had never lived any other way. He'd never seen a different president. He'd never seen free speech or political satire on TV or any of those things. So it was a major life shift that, um, I mean, I think it's true what he said, you know, like that both good and bad, Mm -hmm. everything was going to change from that day forward. So it seemed to me like, I'm not going to say democracy was the answer or democracy was the solution, but it comes up a fair bit in the film. It's kind of a, almost a subtext in a sense. Would, is, is that kind of what this group of people, uh, these, these, uh, these rebellious folk are after? Is that what they're looking for? Is it democracy or is it just, uh, or is it a, a version of democracy that might fit in this, this kind of cultural context? I guess, yeah, it's a big question. I know, but, but I'm just, I'm kind of interested. I mean, as individuals, I think people want a change that mm. focuses on more free speech and free expression. Um, 
like I don't think on an individual level it's like I need democracy and this is right. what it's structured like. And I think even to the point you were talking about Boston being a doctor and going to the square and everything and he's he's not um until all this happened and he got the show on YouTube, he didn't even consider himself a political person. Interesting. Yeah. So it's like I don't think it's people who are sitting at home every day but we need democracy and this is why and this is how we do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's people who really truly in their everyday lives felt an abuse of power right and felt like things needed to change so i think in terms of what people on an individual level are after that would be it i think on a bigger level as a movement you know they wanted free elections um just a, a change it had been three decades of one president um and then i think they wanted to it's so hard because, like, democracy is. Bossom did this TV show for Fusion last year that was um, called The Democracy Handbook, and it was about uh, traveling around the U.S. during our election season. And kind of the joke was basically like, wait, this is the democracy that we're shooting for? <laughs> right. um, so different countries have their own interpretations of democracy, sure. and I don't know if any of them yet have, like, the the one example that everyone else should be holding up, but I think in Egypt, yeah, the push was a more democratic future. You start the film with the warning, you know, if you're if you're, <laughs> which is hysterical, by the way, if you're a dictator, please leave the room. Is that the warning? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. little warning at the beginning yeah. that this may not be suitable for right. dictators. So, so it's really interesting and very funny, and and I love the 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 tongue in cheek start. Don't you want the dictators in the room though, to some degree, to watch this film? To yeah, say, I think uh, of course, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, a, it, I mean, but, it but I guess for dictators, I guess is more of the idea. Not that we don't I, honestly that, and that's been another thing that I've kind of learned during the screenings. That to my delight, I expected there to be a liberal fan base or maybe oh, a daily this, show okay, fan this base, is good. and that's been happening. This is good. But there have been all these people who are. Uh, conservative and libertarian who've really loved the film and I've um I was invited on like Christian radio stations and conservative radio stations and uh someone from Ted Cruz's presidential campaign called and said what a fan he was of the film. Oh wow, that's amazing. Wanted to offer support. So people that I wouldn't think would come together on this and I think um I you know I've been trying to understand the reasons and I think there's a couple but like Two of the main ones that I've observed are um, at all levels of, and all over the political spectrum, people do think that there's a lot of abuses of power mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. And also, I think both sides of the spectrum, at least in the U.S., really, really care about free speech and never necessarily had a reason to actively think about it until recently. Uh, they never felt it was threatened before, and people on both sides think that the other side doesn't care about free speech. Yeah. Um, so I think those are sort of the, the ties that, that are, are bringing people together. But, like, something that's been good as, like, a personal challenge and growth is some of the people who I've been showing it to, I kind of fundamentally disagree with on a right. lot of things. Right. And sometimes that's a little uncomfortable because yeah. you don't know what they 
questions or responses of or conversations will be like. But but you're right. That's like the whole point. Well, that's that kind of the whole point. Yeah, people who agree with me. I'm so yeah. glad you talked about the the different audiences because that's exactly what I was trying to get to with the with the question. Of course, you want dictators in the room. Of course, but the real reality is. Are they going to listen? Are they going to leave at the ten minute mark? Are they, are they just going to throw up their arms and walk out? You know. Um, yeah, and how, I mean, I think know. the 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 like point I've gotten to is, you know, the quote unquote dictator is is not probably going to watch, but the person I really want to get, or like the right hand person right. of those right. people good. who maybe have a more nuanced, or at least the potential for a more nuanced point of view and. In particular, for me, this came up this year because the U.S. has this, you know, Muslim ban, basically. Right. That, yes. Um, and these, the people in the film, and Bassem is, uh, in particular, like an example of the exact kinds of people we're talking about. And the film shows these very, like, funny, smart, normal people who um, aren't necessarily safe in their own country. And that also includes some people who worked on the film who now live in the U.S. Um, and, you know, so that was like, for me, obviously when I was making the film, I couldn't have predicted any of that. And that wasn't an intention making the film. But now I'm like, I want people who maybe don't have a lot of exposure to the Muslim community or do have a fear about Islam to watch this film and see these examples of just regular people who happen to be from Egypt and be Muslim mostly. So. How do you go, uh, we're probably going to wrap it up here in a couple minutes, Sarah, but how do you, and I'd love to talk about your remarkable fake sneeze. Uh, yeah. Maybe we can do that in part two, but how do you go from a documentary or a film about balloon sculpture to, <laughs> poli- to political satire? And tell me a little bit about that film. I'd love to hear more. Sure. Yeah, I directed a film called Twisted, a Balloonumentary with uh, Naomi Greenfield, and that film premiered uh a decade ago in 2007 at South by Southwest. And we had a, a great run with that movie. And it was about, um, people who go to balloon twisting conventions, people who make balloon animals. Yep. And it followed eight I know a few. stories. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's the kind of thing where everyone's seen balloon dogs at the birthday or things like that. And the people in this film are that times a thousand. They go to these conventions, they make sculptures with, thousands of balloons and they're incredible and some of them you can wear or sit on or live in practically i mean really really incredible things and um we follow eight particular people who um whose lives change because of the balloons so like one woman gets off welfare and pays for her Hmm. college tuition Hmm. one man finds religion one couple finds love so Hmm. there's all different stories that we pick up on but that was um uh, a slightly different story than Tickling Giants, but uh, I actually did teach Bassem how to make uh, balloon animals, so <laughs> it did carry Well, you know, in a way, it sounds to me, I haven't seen the film and I look forward to it, but it, it sounds to me like it, it's about, it's it, same theme, it's about change. It's, it's about social change of one kind or another. It's about moving forward, as you said earlier. It's, it's slow, but, you know, it's eventual. And it sounds like each one of these people, there was there was significant movement in their lives, sort of the, the, the balloon sculptures and the metaphor for that, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that movie was a lot about kind of the power of finding your passion mm. and how your life can change as a result of that. Cool. And Tickling Giants, in a way, is building on that same theme with the idea that um, 
like the term tickling giants, which I want people to pick up on in their own lives, is isn't about starting a comedy show. That's <laughs> right. not something most people are going to do. Open, it's about open finding mic. your own. Yeah, I mean, it might be, but yeah, for most be. people, that's not what it's going to be. It, for most people, it's just finding your own creative, nonviolent way to express yourself and when you see any bits of power. It's so great, and, and there's so many ways to do that, it seems to me, you know? A, a good conversation, asking better questions, raising healthy children, et cetera. Et cetera. I mean, the list just goes yeah. on. You don't, you don't have to fly to the other side of the world and, 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 and take a shovel with you, right? You can do it right from your no. own desk. and. and, and Actually, I feel the cartoonist who you were talking about earlier, the writer on the show, Mm -hmm. that was a a big point for him. He's done a few Q&As, and it's that, you know, when you watch the film, his kind of worst version of it would be if you watched the film and you were just like, oh, isn't that sad? Over in Egypt, they have problems. You know, if that was the reaction, that, that would be really awful. It should be like, what can I do in my own community? Where are places we can grow and improve? And we're all struggling in different ways and have room for improvement. And, um, you know, now more than ever, we see abuses of power many times a day. And what are you going to do about it? Well, I thought your film was just such a wonderful reminder once again of, of, you know, we really are in this, all in this together. And and there is similarity and difference and not not the other way around. And I just, I, I love that. And so again, congratulations on the film. Talking with Sarah Taxler today here about Tickling Giants, her new film. And uh, Sarah, tell, tell us, um, so June 6th, uh, it's coming out on iTunes, and uh, 13th is also an important date. Yes, yeah. So for everyone listening, a few uh, things if you'd like to see the film or know anyone who might like to see it. First is um, ticklinggiants.com is our website, and we'll have links to, to all the ways you can see the film. But um, if you want to host your own screening, like a community screening or a college screening or a high school screening, we have a form that you can fill out at ticklinggiants.com. And um, if you just want your own individual copy, you can, on June 6th, buy the film on iTunes. And on June 13th, the movie will be on Blu-ray, DVD, and VOD on Amazon and lots of other sites. And we'll have all the links up at ticklinggiants.com. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Well, thanks so much uh, for your t- uh, your time today, and again, congratulations on a remarkable film. It's it's compelling, it's fun, it's funny, and it's uh, it's it. I hope I hope everybody gets to see it. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Thanks for the conversation. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.